Hi, everyone. I'm Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content, helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Professor Laura Heisler, Chair in Human Nutrition at the University of Aberdeen in Scotland, who recently joined us for a webinar on the brain circuits driving appetite. Professor Heisler was awarded the 2018 Outstanding Scientific Achievement Award from the American Diabetes Association for her research identifying a new type of medication to improve diabetes and obesity. Let's jump right in. All right, so first question here. Christiane has asked, Lorcaserin was recently removed from the market due to an increase in cancer. And so, Laura, do you know what the relationship is between 5-HT uh, and cancer, if there is any? And do you think it would be possible to you know, bypass this adverse effect somehow? Right. Well, I, in fact, it's, it's a, it is a little bit difficult to understand why the FDA chose to issue a warning about lorcasterin. Actually, the, the drug company voluntarily withdrew the medication. The difference in the, in the incidence of, of cancer wasn't statistically significant between the placebo-treated group and the lorcasterin group. So lorcasterin doesn't statistically increase the, the risk of cancer. So yeah, it's, it's, it hasn't been demonstrated and it hasn't been, it hasn't been reported. You know, it's, it's very hard to understand why the FDA issued the warning because the, the difference wasn't there. So yeah, there That's isn't, there isn't a, a clear link between serotonin and cancer. Yeah. I mean, but you can also just think about, you know, there, medications targeting the serotonergic system are very widely used globally. Interesting. Thanks. Here's another question from Francoise. They've asked, is there a future for leptin lap R pathway regulation for combating obesity? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a very active area of research. So what people are looking to do is they're looking to increase the sensitivity of the leptin receptor. So it's such a cool idea. If you can imagine that in obesity, leptin levels are elevated. So people already have the, the leptin on board to produce a, a beneficial effect. The, the idea would be to, to impact the receptor to increase the sensitivity of leptin acting at its receptor. So that's where the drug discovery efforts are at the moment. And um, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantastic idea. So watch this space, you know, it could happen. Another way of that people are addressing it is to try and understand specifically which subset of leptin receptors are involved in, in regulating appetite. And that study, some of that research has been pioneered by Martin Myers at Michigan. And he's looked at leptin receptor in a variety of different locations in the brain. And what we've, you know, in reading his research, what, what's become evident is that there isn't one subset of leptin receptors that's really 
the most important. They're all kind of working in concert together to to affect appetite. So it's unlikely that there will be like specific brain targeted region of leptin receptor, but more likely it will be just like more globally increasing leptin receptor sensitivity. But, you know, we're still you know, his lab and a, and a lot of other labs, Brad Lowell's lab, are still looking uh, to try and figure out whether or not there is a particular subset of leptin receptors that are really, really important. And then you can go after those. All right. Great answer. Here's an interesting question. So you talked a bit about some genes that affect obesity. Do you have any experience looking at epigenetic factors, how environmental factors can uh, affect epigenetics? That is a whole other area of research. So yeah, I mean, people are, are certainly very interested in that and thinking about, you know, individual, you know, within a single individual, how these epigenetic factors are impacting food intake and, you know, appetite, obesity, but also, you know, maternal influences, paternal influences, you know, multi-generational influences, so yeah, it's a very, very active area of research as well, thinking about what might be happening in that. So yeah, that would be a whole nother talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Good question here from Karen. She's asked, how do SSRIs, so I think selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, how do they affect appetite and weight? So SSRIs, that was one of the slides that I showed you. So that's what I started with as I started with SSRIs. If you give F SSRIs to, uh, if you give Prozac to uh, a normal weight animal, what you'll see is a reduction in food intake and a reduction in body weight. What happens with people who are taking SSRIs for other, you know, for another condition? Well, in that situation, then you can get anything. You can have an increase in food intake and body weight. You can have a decrease in food intake and body weight. You can have no change. And that's because people who are taking SSRIs, if you think about it, if they're working, if those medications are working and improving whatever condition the person might be taking them for, whether it's anxiety or depression or something like that, the reason why the medications might be working is because there's a dysregulation in the serotonin system. And so the medication will be correcting that dysregulation. So if you increase serotonin levels on, on a baseline, you know, from, from a particular baseline in a, in a, your average rat or your average mouse or your, then what you would find is, is an increase in serotonin levels and a decrease in food intake. But if you're starting at a different baseline, what you might be doing is just, increasing them back up to normal. But also if you have conditions like depression, the some people with depression eat more, some people with depression eat less, some people with depression don't change their food intake. So you don't get a consistent effect in different patient groups with SSRIs. I was just gonna say that that SSRIs in, in obese people reduce food intake and body weight. That's that's what defenfluoramine that's what defenfluoramine did. So in, in an obese, in an obese individual, SSRIs will reduce food intake and body weight. But if you're taking it for something else, you might not see that. Ah, okay, perfect. And I think in the interest of time, we'll make this next question the last one. But Anna has asked, stress and anxiety, for example, can affect food and weight intake. And so how would you expect for stress to play a role in these pathways? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the... Again, in stress, 
some people will eat more, some people will eat less. It depends on, it depends on uh, the particular stressor, it depends on the person, it depends on the situation. But in general, if you're thinking about fight or flight, if it's a, a very, very stressful situation, then appetite's turned off because we need to not think about, oh, I'm really hungry. We need to worry about like getting away from danger as quickly as possible. So it depends on the the kind of level of stress you're um, thinking about. And if it's, you know, just general daily stress or, you know, general environmental stress, then it, it can it can it can have a, a different impact depending upon how uh, people choose to to cope with that stress with some people possibly eating more and other people eating less and the people eating more maybe eating more comfort foods which are higher calorie foods so it's you kind of have to in studying this and thinking about it it's it's important to kind of drill it down to to answering a a, a very refined question a very specific question, but these brain regions that are involved in fear and anxiety um, and stress are also involved in appetite as well. But, you know, because as I said, like if you're in a situation where you're trying to get away from danger, then you want to have your appetite turned off. All right. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Laura, for the fantastic insights today, both during your great presentation as well as the, the Q&A session. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.